as we peruse all things Potter. Hello and welcome to Wizard Studies. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And today we're going to be talking about Mr. Kingsley Shacklebolt, everybody's favorite male member of the order who has the second best style after Dumbledore. You said that so awkwardly. <laughs> Sorry. Can't I'm deny Dumbledore's got style. style. <laughs> you had to say it style. Style. <laughs> okay. Should we jump on in? Sure. First off, I want to give everybody a disclaimer that since Pottermore, um, may she rest in peace. <laughs> rest in peace, Pottermore. We love you. <laughs> Um, our fact files are now um, kind of a free-for-all. We're going to see what fits into each fact, fact file. It's going to take more work from us, but sorry if they're not as organized or as interesting because we don't have the Pottermore fact files anymore. R.I.P. Yeah, so Wizarding World, the website, it's a piece of trash. <laughs> um, we have it, not bought the gold is it gold is it even out it, yet like i think yeah, it's we're still pe- I mean, pre-order people have ordered it gold yeah but i yeah. think it's still pre-order right well they've gotten like books and stuff um, i don't know if they've gotten like access to anything else but they've gotten like the special pin i'm still contemplating it i was gonna wait to see like what people's review i, I don't think any writings have come out just for them because i think that's a thing i don't know so here's the thing we're college students <laughs> um we don't have that much money. So if you would like to pay our Wizarding World Gold subscription, let us know. We'll set up a Patreon account so you can Oh, I was going to give out that. my Venmo. Oh, okay. If you would like to Venmo me, <laughs> any amount that you would like to, my Venmo is K-T-K-E-A-N-E. And I will use that money if you put, like, in the description, like, for Wizard Gold. I will save that until we buy a joint subscription for it. Well, actually, no. I was thinking we can't really buy a joint subscription because everybody gets, like, a book that's personalized and has, like, their name and, like, house colors and, like, stuff just for them. So I feel like it would there would be a huge fight of who... Like whose name was on it? Unless we do like a combination we could fight of our to two the names, death. and then we just do like a Slytherin house. Like just do it completely. Why would we do Slytherin? Our second house is Gryffindor. Yeah, I guess we could do Gryffindor. It'd be basic. Yeah. Anyways. All right. So and anyway, my point was that Wizarding World online is trash because you can't even search. All the features are there, which like those are the like Buzzfeedy type articles from Pottermore. I think most of them are there, but you cannot search for them on the website. You have to just scroll through all of the features, which is terrible. Well, they also have all of JK's writing on there. People were like, that is yeah. also on there. Which is nice. Yes. But it's not fact files. We use the fact no. files the most. Yeah, that's kind of disappointing. So bear with us. Yeah. We're going to be relying even more on wiki and lexicon, which are great sources. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so the not Pottermore fact file for Kingsley mm-hmm. Shacklebolt. His full name is Kingsley Shacklebolt. Kingsley it was originally a surname, and it means from the king's meadow, which suggests royalty. And this kind of goes relates to our Kingsley because on Potter Watch his code name was Royal. None of the Potter Watch code names are that creative. I love them. I love I love they're... them but Romulus for Remus. Yeah. Well okay. Well the the river Lee's is cool. Yeah. Cause there's a Lee River and a Jordan River. Mm-hmm. What are Fred and George's? Fred's is um It starts with an R, right? They're all R's. They all start with R. Rapier? No. Yes, yes, it is, is, which is is? a sword. Oh. But, like, why does that have to do with Fred? Like, I would get that for Arthur, like, King Arthur's sword, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, yeah, a rapier is. And then I don't think we ever know George's because Fred is the only one. Or, no, do we? I don't think we know George's. Because do we hear Potter watch once or twice? I feel like we hear it twice. I think it's only Fred's. 
Okay. I don't know how many times we hear it, but I think we only hear Fred. Anyway, so Kingsley Royal shackle bolt is the metal part of a chain shackle that holds it closed. So that both shackle and bolt refer to imprisonment, which kind of makes sense if you think about like he's an aurer, like he puts people in prison. I guess it's a little bit of a stretch. I think it's just a really cool name, but I think yeah. it's cool even without its like meaning. I don't think it has that deep of a meaning as we see like some of them like a Remus Lupin, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we don't know much about his parents. We do know that they're both pure blood, so he's born into a pure blood family. And we do know that the Shacklebolt family is in the sacred 28. So we know that at least his father's side of the family is like very old, very historic, very pure blood in the wizarding world. And the sacred 28 is still on wizarding world. Yeah. That writing. And the Minister of Magic, right? Like, I think, like, I think everything that was on Pottermore, except for the Vax Files, is, on, like, all the articles and writings are on Wizarding World. I think the biggest thing is that they need a search function. They do need a search function. Like, or, it's kind like, of ridiculous. I guess it'll get better, but right now, since everything has moved over, like, they're not coming up as the number one hits in Google. Like, when I Google Sacred 28, it doesn't come up, Sacred 28, Wizarding World, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it does, but like, <laughs> it they le- they're like less hits for them. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It, hopefully, it'll get better. Yeah. I really don't want to have to pay for Wizarding World Gold. <laughs> it's kind of expensive. I know. It's like what is it? Sixty a year. I think that's like around when it comes out too. Yeah. Which is like what I pay for Spotify, but like. I get a lot from Spotify. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, like, why I'm waiting to see what the content is like before I make the decision. Anyway, we're not going <laughs> to detract too much. <laughs> um, we might. But. <laughs> All right, so his birthday is very unknown. Um, he was born at least before 1973 because that was when Tonks was born. And... We know that he's, like, a higher-ranking or than her. It's more likely that he is near James's age, slash Lily, slash the Marauders, and they were born in 1960. That bit comes from what Katie will get with the first mention mm-hmm. about how, like, Kingsley did know the Marauders, um... Harry's parents. Yeah. I mean, you could also make the argument that he just knew James from the Order because James was in the Order. So, like, he could be significantly older than them. Yeah. Or, like, I wouldn't say, like, I would not guess that he'd be significantly younger than them. But, like, I don't know. He couldn't be that much younger. So, like, if he were seven years younger than James, they would have overlapped one year at school. Yeah. But Kingsley would not have been out of school before James died. Yeah. So I think that I think he was either the same age or older. I would either I guess I guess I could buy like a couple of years older and they overlapped in school and then yeah. also at the order. But I would buy like him being like pretty significantly older. Um just because he seems very like I don't know. I think it has to get to his personality of like he's very like kind of reserved and mm-hmm. stoic and doesn't really act like the crazy kids that the Marauders were, but that's not, yeah. I guess. I mean, so if he were James, it, James's age, when we meet him in Order of the Phoenix, he would be about 35, 36. So, yeah. and I see him more at like 45. That's, I think, like, that as well. You know. Yeah. But who knows, really? Yeah. Um, so we do know that his Patronus is a lynx. That is one thing that we do know about him. Um, we see this. Uh, I'll talk about this a little bit later, but we see this because he sends a message through his Patronus to Bill and Fleur's wedding to warn them that Scrimgeour has died, the ministry has fallen. They are coming. The ministry has fallen. <laughs> um, so the lynx. Wait, but side oh, note, how yes. they did this in the movies where it's not actually a lynx. Yeah, they, like, did this weird, like, orb where it was, like, you saw people through it. I was like, what is this? 
new technology. Um, <laughs> like so, those time turners. We're not talking about that <laughs> until later. <laughs> Um, the lynx is a solitary wild cat. They hunt alone using their great sense of hearing and their strength to move through the forest without being seen by either their prey or those who may be watching them. When they do strike, they are fast enough to even catch snowshoe hares, which I assume are very fast animals. (laughs) (laughs) Dementors won't know what hit them as per MuggleNet's writing. Um, But mythologically speaking, a lynx is a keeper of secrets who draws its strength from being secretive. And we do know that Kingsley works as a double agent, kind of-ish, for the ministry and for the order. He kind of, like, infiltrates himself into the ministry, like, while working with the order. So, like, while Fudge is minister, he is a double agent. Yeah, it's cool. It seems like a very, like... Like, I can't imagine too many people have Lynx Patronuses, and I feel like there aren't too many people like Kingsley Shacklebolt out there, so. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's kind of dope. Yeah. Remember, he's got style. There you go. Chosen his Patronus. <laughs> no, Dumbledore's got style. No, but he has style. Do you see his robes and his hoop earring? I know. I think he's more stylish than Dumbledore. But Dumbledore At least has a phoenix. He, I think he's more stylish than Michael Gambon and Richard Harris Dumbledore. I don't think he's more stylish than Jude Law Dumbledore. You mean Yumbledore. Yumbledore. <laughs> um, okay. So his skills, which these were on the lexicon, and they seem worded like the Pottermore skills used to be worded, so I, I think they might have come from the Pottermore fact file. Um, they're wordless spells. Because he wordlessly modified Marietta's memory. Is it Marietta or Maretta? I say Marietta. Okay. Um, when she was ratting on them. Snitching. For Wait. Snitching. Is that what it says? What does it stand for? Sneak. I think it says sneak. Sneaking. Sneaking. <laughs> um, and then dressing like a muggle and calmness under fire an incorruptible reformer. Ooh. So I think we'll get into the reasons for those yeah. later. But I think they're pretty accurate. Yeah, you will notice a glaring... Um, Error? No, no, no. What's a... Theme? No, no, no. Like something that's missing. G- glaring hole in the information that we have. Um, and we don't have his house, which we'll talk about later. Uh, stay tuned because we've never been told what this house is third or nothing (laughs) (laughs) that was a really bad laugh (laughs) mean Um, you just sounded annoyed with me (laughs) Um, who says I wasn't Kingsley Shacklebolt's first mention was in the Order of the Phoenix in a chapter entitled Advanced Guard. So this is when Harry was at the Dursleys, and then they got a letter saying that they had won a prize in Britain's Best Kept Lawn Awards. <laughs> so they left the house, and this is when the Aurors came to get him and take him to Grim Old Place. Did I make up the fact that there was, like, a drought going on? No, there definitely was. Yeah, because and they, they talk were, like, about it, like, still taking... watering their lawn. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I think they kind of hinted that in the Order of the Phoenix movie when, like, they they show, like, the television reporter and, like, yeah. everybody's, like, sweating yeah. and the fans are going on, like. Um, anyways, here is the quote. Yeah, I see what you mean, Ramus, said a bald black wizard standing farthest back. He had a deep, slow voice and wore a single gold hoop in his ear. He looks exactly like James. And then later on, this is when we first hear his name. In between these two quotes is when Madai Moody talks about how you shouldn't keep your wand in your back pocket because you'll <laughs> blow a buttock off. <laughs> and Tonks goes, who do you know who's lost a buttock? And Madai's just like, don't worry about it. Does Madai have two buttocks? He is very scarred, so. Yeah, never know. Um, So the (laughs) second quote is, and this is Kingsley Shacklebolt. He indicated the tall black wizard who bowed. That was like Ramus introducing everybody who's there to Harry. But that's the first time we hear his name. So I just wanted to include that second thing there. And um, 
This quote is what we were talking about earlier when we think that he knew James is because he says he looks exactly like James. So obviously he like has some sort of familiarity with James. My guess is it's probably just from the order. And my guess he's probably like, I'd say like up to 10 years older than James. So Myers-Briggs for Kingsley, as you can imagine, not a lot of people have talked about this he's kind of a tertiary or even lower than that character so he's not like there's not been a lot of debate on this um but i was kind of just looking at descriptions of the personality types and came to came to think that he is an istj which is the logistician um it is the one that um a lot of people have assigned to snape which Probably doesn't jump out at it being correct, but I'm pretty confident in this one. So, um, the logistician personality type is thought to be the most abundant, making up around 13% of the population. That doesn't really go with Kingsley being one of a kind, but it's fine. (laughs) They're defining characteristics of integrity, practical logic, and tireless dedication to duty make them a vital core to many families, as well as organizations that uphold traditions, rules, and standards, such as law offices, regulatory bodies, and military. Um, They enjoy taking responsibility for their actions and take pride in the work they do. When working towards a goal, logisticians hold back none of their time and energy, completing each relevant task with accuracy and patience. I think that all of this fits what we know about Kingsley. Um, He's very, like, diligent, does his job, does it well. And, I mean, we really only know him in the context of his job and, like, his job for the order, which isn't really his job. But, like, he's dedicated to the good side. And then, obviously, like... (sighs) It says that they work well in law offices, regulatory bodies, and military, which is, like, kind of a combination. The or office is, like, a combination of those three things. Mm-hmm. And clearly he's, like, thought to be one of the best orers. Um, logisticians don't make any – make many assumptions, preferring instead to analyze their surroundings, check their facts, and arrive at practical courses of action. They're no nonsense, and when they've made a decision, they will relay the facts necessary to achieve their goal, expecting others to grasp the situation immediately and take action. They have little little tolerance for indecisiveness, but lose patience even more quickly if their chosen course is challenged with impractical theories, especially if they ignore key details. If challenges become time-consuming debates, logisticians can become noticeably angry as deadlines take nearer. I think this is very applicable to, like, any good or, um, like, not making assumptions and paying attention to your surroundings and stuff and, like, being practical. I think it's just, like, what you need to work in the field um, and be, like, quick on your toes and, like, work as a detective, essentially. And, like, you can't be indecisive as an or because you'll probably get killed. Um, and I think Kingsley, in general, is just a very practical guy it seems like he's not going to put up with like crazy theories like I, I would imagine him doing his work as like very like practical like kind of follows a process and doesn't like he's not like the detective that goes off chasing like unrealistic leads and stuff like that um so consequently, people with the logistician personality type often prefer to work alone or at least leave their authority cle- have their authority clearly established by hierarchy, where they can set and achieve their goals without debate or worry over others' reliability. I think we either, a lot of the time we see King- Kingsley working on his own or as a leader, I mean, he becomes minister so like that's a leadership position he's a man on the inside in the ministry so i think he he kind of has a unique position within the order where he's like he helps out with a lot of things but he's often like off on his own like following orders in that sense like not necessarily like in all of the big meetings and working as a team there 
and then when he works as protection for the Mughal prime minister, like that's um, on his own. Like it's it's an assignment on his own. But we do see him work in some team settings. Like the advance guard is led by Moody and he works fine like in that setting as well. So I think he's adaptable, but he does seem like kind of like a lone, lone wolf or lynx, if you will. <laughs> they do hunt alone. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, so strengths, honest and direct, strong-willed and dutiful, very responsible, calm and practical, create and enforce order, <laughs> like the order of the Phoenix. It's so funny. And jacks of all trades. So I think I I have no evidence against these things for Kingsley. I mean, granted, we I feel like we just like see him so limitedly, but um, these are all like good traits that you would that would lead you to like pick someone to be the leader of the wizarding world after the war so like it makes sense that he has all of these things um and like the strong-willed and dutiful like i think gets into like his reforms after the war in the ministry and like the fact that he was like dedicated to serving the good side when he saw that the ministry wasn't really like doing that so the fact that he like worked as a double agent um, weaknesses are stubborn, insensitive, always by the book, and often unreasonably blame themselves. I don't have any evidence to support those, <laughs> um, which I think, like, I don't know, when you don't get a lot of a character, you don't see their weaknesses, really. Mm-hmm. You know, you either see, like, them as a good person and see their strengths, or you see them as a bad person and see their weaknesses, but you don't see both if you don't go that in-depth. Yeah. And then I just looked um, kind of into careers and professions that work for this personality type. Um, So what jumped out was this. The most common careers among people with the logistician personality type revolve around institutions of respected tradition, authority, security, and established consistency. Careers as military officers, lawyers, judges, police officers, and detectives are all very popular among logisticians. This makes sense as they not only offer the stability that logisticians seek, but are in line with their principles and conservatism, establishing clear societal roles. Like, military officer, police officer, and detective, like, that's all what an order ends up being in the war. Um, and I think, like, King, Kingsley seems very tied to, like, authority and security and stuff like that. Um, so, I don't know. In all, I think, I feel like this person, personality type fits him very well. I'm actually, will be interested for when we get to Snape. And I look into this personality type for Snape because, like, just with the ways it fits Kingsley, I don't don't know how I see it fitting Snape. Well, I mean, you kind of brought up multiple times the fact that he's, like, a double agent. Right. And I guess Snape is, too. So, I mean, that can kind of be accepted. And the, I guess the lone wolf kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, he does work for the Order, so, like, kind of, like, the military police thing does a little bit extend. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, defining characteristics of integrity? No. <laughs> like, I think of this person as, like, a, I don't know. This personality type, I think, is, like, a good, as an hardworking, person. upstanding, no-nonsense kind of person. And, like, I guess Snape is no-nonsense, but, like... Snape is all-nonsense. Yeah, he's no-nonsense with, like, students. But, like, yeah. in, you know, like, he has that history of yeah, a whole lot of nonsense. <laughs> uh, I very much look forward to our Snape episode. Oh, God, that's going to be a monster. We're saving it for a rainy day, folks. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in this next section, I'm just going to kind of go through Kingsley's motions and movements throughout the Second Wizarding War. Okay, so I'm going to start out with just like a little bit of overview, and then I'm going to go through the three books, Order of the Phoenix, Half-Blood Prince, and Deathly Hallows, and kind of like where he was and what he was doing at those times. So he was faithfully a part of the Order of the Phoenix throughout the entire Second Wizarding World War. <laughs> I always want to say Wizarding World War, but it's Wizarding War. I always want to say World War. Yeah. But I have a question. Yes. Which this is not the topic of your section. But do we know if he was a member 
we don't know for sure if he was a member of the order in the first war. Mm. Right? Which we were speculating know. that's how he might have known James, but I don't yeah. think we know for sure. Yeah, it just says um, he worked for the ministry as an aura, but joined the reconstituted Order of the Phoenix in 1995. It doesn't say that he was. Oh, but he might not even be in that. He might not be in the photo. That's why he's not listed as being a part of the Order of the Phoenix in the first uh, Wizarding War. I feel like I think of the Order of the Phoenix in the first war as more like rogue yeah like I know that they were in the second war they end up being like kind of directly against the ministry but I don't know and like the I think in the, them in the fir- first war is more of like a subversive Force. Yeah. So maybe and I, th- I don't know if that's just because I know that the Marauders were like part mm-hmm. of it and they're like kind of. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like the order the first time was also like skewed very young. Like we know yeah. that the Potters were in it. We know that Sirius was in it. We know the Longbottoms were in it, who are also pretty young at the time. Yeah. Like Moody was in it though, right? Moody was in it. Yeah. I don't know. Like was I Dumbledore feel like it just leader? like skewed young. I feel like he was. Yeah. I think that's why it's called the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. We should do an order episode. We should. Okay. So maybe he was not in the first order of the Phoenix. So maybe we should reevaluate our age range and say we should say that he's like seven years plus or minus James. Yeah, I would like say even like three years plus or minus. Yeah, I mean, like being more realistic, it's probably three years. But like, yeah, yeah, I know. Generally. I mean, I don't know. You could also make the argument, like, if you want to get super, like, more nitpicky about it, like, I'm sure everybody knows who James Potter looks like because he's kind of, like, a famous dude after he was, like, killed by Voldemort and Harry and stuff. You know, so, like, I feel like you could even, like, if you want to be super contrary, you could be like, oh, he just knows who James looks like because of a picture. Like, I don't think that that's what that was implying. Like, I don't believe that, but I think you could say that. I think you know the what other I mean? pe- Yeah, I totally get what you're saying, and I think... I had thought of that, but the other piece of evidence I kind of have for him being close to the Marauder's age is that he does seem to have a friendship with Lupin. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a movieism, but the when Lupin, or it's either when Lupin or Kingsley arrives back to the burrow from the Flight of the Seven Potters, um, they ask each other the la- they're like check to see they say the last words that Dumbledore spoke spoke to, to the, the pair of us. us yeah which I always cry at that part because it's like Harry's, like Harry's our only hope yeah but um I think that suggests that they were working like the two of them were just just the two of them were in a room with Dumbledore alone yeah which is weird and also like the fact they're like kind of the fact that like Lupin had been telling Kingsley about Harry you know like in that first mention Kingsley says like I see what you mean Remus yeah no it's definitely implied that they have like a little bit of a closer relationship than some of the other ones because like um when I was like reading through this stuff I think like it was mentioned a couple times like his relationship with Lupin and how it was like probably one of the closest that we see either Mm -hmm. of them have like obviously Kingsley Shacklebolt probably had a whole group of friends that we don't even know about because we don't know anything about him he's a cool dude yeah he's got style but in the actual series like the person we see him closest with is Lupin yeah so that suggests to me that like they they overlapped at Hogwarts yeah I mean I think that's a pretty safe assumption because if everybody goes to the same school then they yeah yeah so. Not to derail the... Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he... Uh, so he worked with the ministry in the fifth and sixth books. And then the seventh book, he started out working for the ministry even after Scrimjar was killed. But then he was caught and had to go on the run. And that's when he started being a guest on Potter Watch, the rebel radio show. <laughs> the underground regu- rebel radio show. Yeah, that's what I called it. Um so in the Order of the Phoenix, um, we've kind of alluded to this. He worked as a high-ranking Auror at the Ministry. He was part of the Advance Guard after Harry was attacked by the Dementors and moving him to Grimold Place. He regularly attended dinners and meetings at Grimold Place. 
And also, he was in charge of the task force to hunt down Sirius Black, which is kind of funny because he knew Sirius Black and like he hung out with him. <laughs> he like hung out with him on the regular. And this is when he during a dinner he slipped Arthur um, an edition of the Quibbler, where it talks about how Stubby Boardman is actually Sirius Black, the lead singer of the Hobgoblins, and it's like this really funny, crazy piece and. Kingsley gives it to Arthur and is like, you should show, that, show this to our mutual friend. I think he'd get a kick out of it. Because um, I think he does that at the ministry maybe when, like, mm. Arthur is taking Harry to the trial. Cause he, so he does it, like, super slyly, like, hey, I, like, we know somebody who would find this really funny kind of thing. Um, and it is funny. And then Kingsley was at the... Ministry of Magic for the Battle of the Department of Mysteries. Wow. He was at the Department... No. He was at the Ministry of Magic for the Battle of the Department of Mystery. It's so hard to say. It really is. And then also, I like what's reading this, and this kind of blew my mind. He was the only member of the Order to survive this series that went to the Department of Mysteries that night. Sirius died there. Dumbledore died. Lupin died. Tonks died. Tonks. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? He was the only one to survive the whole series from that night. Shit. I know. What a survivor. I know. Seriously. And not only does he survive, he becomes the freaking Minister of Magic. I know. That's the way to do it, folks. Um in the Half-Blood Prince, we don't really hear much from him just because there's not a whole lot of order stuff that goes on throughout that series. Um, we do know he started out um, that book guarding the Muggle Prime Minister after Scrimjar was made the Minister for Magic. And this tells us a lot about his character. Not only does he, like, assimilate well with Muggles, like, he can dress like them and act like them, but he's not, like, prejudiced against them. He's willing to spend his days just basically being the bodyguard for a muggle and he doesn't see that as like a demeaning task at all so that I think that says a lot about him but he did attend Albus Dumbledore's funeral at the end of that year R.I.P. Dumbledore in the Deathly Hallows he participated in the Battle of the Seven Potters he wore he was assigned to Hermione and they wrote death rolls because Hermione doesn't like brooms and then he was the one who sent the Patronus, like we mentioned earlier, to Bill and Fleur's wedding to let everyone know that the Ministry of has fallen. Scrimjar is dead. They are coming. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that's the quote. And then he continued to work for the Ministry after Voldemort took over, but he was forced to go on the run because he said Voldemort's name and was caught in, like, the taboo of... If you say Voldemort's name, people come after you. So he went on the run. And then this is when he started appearing on Potter Watch under the name Royal. And then he joined the Battle of Hogwarts and was seen dueling Voldemort with McGonagall and Slughorn post-Harry dying and the protection being on everybody and Harry slipping out and is under the visibility cloak at this moment. So, yeah, that's kind of... Kingsley tracking throughout the three books that he's in. Yeah. I think it's important to acknowledge, like, he's not on the page a lot, but is actively doing things during the entire war. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably did some of the most important work that the Order had done. I yeah. Think. I mean, to have somebody that high up in the ministry... For like two and a half ish years, yeah, you know, like I'm sure provided them with like lots of invaluable information, and like uh, the fact that like he was still there when for like big things with the order, you know, like the the Battle of the Seven Potters and the advance guard to move Harry. Like I feel like he was off doing his own thing for a while, and then like he would come back for the big things. Yeah, like whenever um, he was needed, he like made time for it. Yeah, and, like, of course, showed up at the Battle of Hogwarts and stuff. Yeah. He's a good guy. He is. I, like, I want to know more information about him. Like, I want to know if he was... I would love a backstory on Yeah, him. like, his parents, when he was born, his house, his wand, to start off yeah. with. And then I want to know, like, how he became so high up in the or department. Like, did he ever get married? You know, like, we know nothing about his life. 
I'm interested in his recruitment to the or to the order. Mm. Um, I'm assuming it went through Moody. Yeah, very well could have. But it just like he was there because he joined at the same time as Tonks. Jump. Yeah, so Moody recruited Tonks, so it makes sense. And he was there from jump in the the second Wizarding War, like mm-hmm. because he's there for the advance guard, which is the first we hear of what the Order of the Phoenix is. Yeah. Um. So. I think it must have been Moody, but like, yeah. I guess Moody just knew. That Maybe were. like Kingsley just kind of had like relationships with a lot of people in the or like in the order. Like maybe him and mm-hmm. Dumbledore kind of had like a prior. I don't know, and like Moody could just tell that he was going to be like valuable and like a good guy to have in the order. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, very interesting. Yeah. So, we've alluded to the fact that we do not know Kingsley's Hogwarts house. So, this segment is just going to be some speculation. I'm going to go through all of the houses and why or why not he fits in them. And then I do come to, like, I narrow it down to two and then I kind of come to a conclusion. Um, But, we'll see. Okay. So, Slytherin. Um, he does rise through the ranks at the ministry. You know, he, we see him in positions of power. Mm-hmm. But I don't really see that as, like, an ambition thing. I think he's just really good at what he does. And, like, yeah. he's a hardworking, this is, like, a reward for that. And the fact that he's, like, made minister, I don't see him, like, being, like, after the war, like, I need, like, I need to be minister or necessarily even like wanting the job but I think he like believes that he will be do a good job and like knows that like has ideas like knows ways that he can change the ministry Mm -hmm. um and I see other people like turning to him and being like yo Kingsley you should be minister not like him putting his name forward yeah I know like we kind of talked about this in the ministry episode but I don't know. I don't remember, like, us talking about this specifically. Do candidates run or do they get nominated? I don't think we know. Because, like, I could never see him be like, I'm going to run for Minister for Magic. Vote Kingsley. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, we know that he was appointed, like, temporary yeah. and then permanent. So yeah. I think he... Even if candidates do run, like, I don't think he he ran the first time, you know? No. I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, like, I couldn't see him as somebody who, like, wanted to be minister and, like, put himself in a position. He just, like, was like, you're going to be our, like, in crisis. We're placing, like, we're appointing you minister. Right. And I almost see him as a type of person who, like, doesn't even really like having power. Yeah, but those are the best leaders. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's, like, the people that you want to run for president but, like, are too smart to run for president. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dumbledore, like, says something like that to Harry, I think. He's, like, like, like you never wanted any of this, and, like, that's why you're so good at doing it. Yeah. Like, I feel like yeah. there's, like, something like that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, so Slytherin, mm, not likely. <laughs> Ravenclaw. Um... He's clearly smart and quick on his feet. You know, like, I think he he's clever, but I think it's more of a street smart kind of way, which might be a little bit of a Slytherin trait, is, like, the cunning and not necessarily sly, but, like, adaptable, I guess. Like, quick on your feet. Um, but, like, I don't see the, like, bookish intelligence in him for Ravenclaw. Um, I also don't see the, like, creative or, like, originality type thing for Ravenclaw. I feel like that's the, like, least house for him. Like, that's probably his lowest Yeah, I just, like, don't get Ravenclaw vibes from him. Like, I don't... I just couldn't see him, like, fitting in well with the other people, like, other types of Ravenclaws we know. You know what I mean? And, like, he doesn't... He doesn't work for, like... It's not like he works as, like, a spy or intelligence. It's kind of, like... As an or, you're more like, like catching dark wizards, and like, he does like work with, he kind of works as a spy for the order, but that's not like his job at the ministry. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I feel like that that one's just 
not. I feel like he's too much of like a cool jock kind of guy to like fit it. You know what I like? Not like bashing Ravenclaws, but I just like couldn't see him like fitting in well with other Ravenclaws. Listen, Roger Davies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I get that. Is I do. I the one thing is that I feel like Ravenclaws, and this is a generalization, um, but I think Ravenclaws are often introverted and kind of work on their own type people and I can see that with like that's him Mm -hmm. but that doesn't make him a Ravenclaw you know like there are a lot of people like that yeah (sighs) okay Hufflepuff I think this is a a really good candidate and the more I think about it the more I'm convinced um he's very hardworking. he's like known as one of the best doors and he got to that place presumably through hard work right before saying he wasn't like kind of trying to climb the ladder mm-hmm. um he is very dedicated and loyal not necessarily like not to the ministry right you could argue he's not to the ministry but he's loyal to the good side right like mm-hmm. he devotes himself fully to the order he goes undercover for the mogul prime minister which is like that's working for the ministry and that's like kind of it's like devoting himself to something that like I feel like most wizards wouldn't care about mm-hmm. you know like protecting the muggle prime minister I think that takes like a level of like caring and compassion um he thinks ahead to send the Patronus to Bill and Fleur's wedding knowing that like yes I guess we know we had just established that like Dumbledore told him that like Harry Unless that's a movieism. Did we decide if that was a movieism? No, that's in the book. That's in the book. I'm like 90% so like, sure. And like they know Harry's at the wedding. But like I think he's very, very much like although he does work on his own, I think he feels a sense of duty to the people that he works for and with on the good side. And I think that's very Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's so loyal to the order that he lies about Sirius's whereabouts which like he didn't that's not even like factoring into the bigger hunt for Voldemort you know like that's not that's like just loyalty to like what the order cares about yeah and then like kind of going back to an earlier point I was just reading um something that I had pulled up saying that he was a Hufflepuff and like not only was placing him as the guard of the Muggle Prime Minister kind of like a lot of people might not see that as, like, a great posting. They might, like, resent yeah. it a little bit. But, like, leading the task force to find Sirius Black kind of could fit under that umbrella, too. It was saying that, like, Sirius Black hasn't been relevant for however many years now. Yeah. Like, it's not really a top priority anymore. But, like, he was just made the head of it. And, like, not that he, like, does it, takes it too seriously because, obviously, he doesn't catch Sirius. But he does, he, like, he still, he still, like, takes it, you know? Yeah. Like, he does his job. I think he does what he's told to do. Like, he yeah. very much, like, follows orders. Yeah. Um, as he deems them to be, like, morally valuable. hmm Also, the um, Hunt for Sirius thing, like, I feel like... I don't know. I was going to say, like, it would be a Slytherin thing to turn Sirius in and use that ambition for your own personal gain. Yeah. But also Slytherin's value fraternity, and if that fraternity was within Mm. the order, they wouldn't do that. So maybe it's not that clean cut. But a Hufflepuff, I think people often see, like, Hufflepuffs as, like, kind of following the rules. And I think Kingsley does that, but he follows the rules that, like, align with his principles, which I think is also a very Hufflepuff thing. I think so, too. Um, So... Then Gryffindor. I think this is the one that would jump out as, like, I don't know. If you were, if we were doing, like, rapid-fire sorting and you would just, like, throw names at me and you said Kingsley, I would immediately say Gryffindor. Yeah, before I, think, I read that post, I was like, oh, he's for sure Gryffindor. This is so easy, you know? Right. Yeah, I was like, how do I even write a section on this? Like, <laughs> um, the majority of the orders that we see are Gryffindors. I mean, uh, Tonks? I said majority. It literally read my notes. <laughs> My notes say that may have something to do with the majority of the characters we know are Gryffindor, and Tonks does make a good or. I just say they got recruited at the same time. Maybe they were like tight because they were both Hufflepuffs, and Tonks was like, Kingsley's gonna be a good addition too. Let's go get him moody, you know, like inside. Okay. No, so what I'm saying is the case for Gryffindor is like, I mean, he's fearless, he's that like 
or type, you know, like that's a very Gryffindor type job, even though Tonks is in it. Like, but you have to be brave to be an Orr. Mm-hmm. Not saying that Tonks isn't brave. Like, she is brave. Yeah. But, um, but the thing with Gryffindor, the more I thought about it, it's like the opposite of Hufflepuff. The more I thought about it, the less I think Gryffindor matches. Because when I think Gryffindor, and this is another overgeneralization, I think kind of like a brash, dive into things type thing. You know, like the hairy type Gryffindor like we see. Kind of reckless, kind of like follows the heart, not the head. Um, and Kingsley isn't that. I recognize that like not all Gryffindors are that because like we have Hermione and we have McGonagall, who are two great examples of um, Gryffindors that are not like kind of. Uh, I don't know. Reckless, I think that both of them can like. Both of them act on their emotions multiple times, though. Like McGonagall's yes. sassiness with Umbridge. Like I don't know yeah. if. Kingsley would do that. Yeah, I don't. I can see, and like yeah. Hermione, like, I mean, she does too. So, and I mean, also Gryffindors. No Gryffindors get offended here. I think it's a great house, but Gryffindors have a hero complex. They do. I mean, that's pretty clear with Harry. And although, like, Harry is not this vain person that is constantly taking credit, like Gryffindors like credit. And I think what we just established with Kingsley in your section is that, like, he was tirelessly doing all this work and, like, Mm -hmm. not taking any credit for it. Yeah. And I guess at the end he takes credit for it when he becomes minister. But, again, I see that as more of the, like, the times need you. Yeah. And you're going to step up to the job. Yeah. And then, again, like, another thing in the article I was reading about how he's a Hufflepuff is, like, he was one of the only like ministry people that came through the war without like being tainted like Mm. as either like working for Voldemort or like you know just like not like making wrong decisions like Scrimgeour made wrong decisions and he was the only one that kind of like came off like on top of everybody as well and like that is probably morally above yeah yeah and that's like uh, probably like a big contributing factor of him being minister like being appointed minister afterwards so I think that's like also kind of a Hufflepuff because I think Scrimjar was definitely not a Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff. I think he was probably a Gryffindor or a Slytherin. Scrimjar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like um, he made those like rash, brash decisions where he yes. like I mean yes. he was like kind of like a dick to Harry, but like And he was like very much a much a soldier. Yeah. Which Kingsley is a soldier but like with morals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and I think I don't know. I also just think it'd be super dope if you were a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Um, because it's totally against what, like, I think probably the majority of people's initial thoughts would be. For sure, yeah. Um, if you were in Gryffindor, <laughs> I was just, like, Googling, like, Kingsley theories, and I came across this one, um, <laughs> this headcanon that some people have that... Um, that Kingsley was the fifth Gryffindor in the Marauders dorm. So like the fifth Gryffindor in their year. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I'll just read what this person said. Said Kingsley Shacklebolt is probably the best roommate ever. The reason he never gets mentioned as the fifth is is because he doesn't ask questions. The other five start disappearing all night, every full moon during fifth year. He doesn't care and doesn't want to know. Walked in to find Sirius talking to a fucking deer in the dorm like it was James. <laughs> Just keep moving and don't make eye contact. James, Sirius, and Peter leaving shit all over the floor. Combine forces with Remus to politely yet firmly remind them that we're not living in a goddamn bar and <laughs> barn and your dirty underwear shouldn't spend three weeks straight on the floor, James. <laughs> Kingsley was naturally invited to the Potter Evans wedding. The invitation was accompanied with a formal apology for the everything, signed by the Marauders, enclosed with a, was a little trophy with a plaque reading, Best Roomie Ever. It may or may not permanently live on his mantle. Kingsley Shacklebolt does not inform Harry Potter of any of this. He has enough people that knew his parents. Kingsley's not going to make it weird. Keep moving and don't make eye contact. Besides, he already gave copies of all his pictures of them to Hagrid to go into a photo album for Harry back in first year. (laughs) Stop. That's so cute. That portion was written by (laughs) Gay Jesus, probably, on Tumblr. And... The original post comes from Mal Maeve, who said, if you ever feel left out, just remember that you weren't the fifth Gryffindor guy in the Marauder's Dormitory. And then 
<laughs> Sonnet Screwdriver said the bit about suggesting Kingsley as that. Mm. Uh, side note, the thing that I've been referencing, talking about how he's a Hufflepuff, is on Reddit, and it was posted by Black, Red, Blue, Gold. Okay. Um, Wait, side note. Do we know when Lily and James got married? Like, is there a time frame? Between... Between Hogwarts and them being 20, right? Between 1979 and 1981. Okay. No, sorry, 1977 and 1981. Yeah. Because they were out of Hogwarts for four years. Mm Mm-hmm. But they only started dating at the end of Hogwarts. So I would put... Oh, between 1977 and 1980, we assume that they were married before they had Harry. Yeah. I mean, I just made that I would put it at, like, 1979. Yeah. I feel like a year, like, dating at the end of Hogwarts, year, marriage the next year. Like, so makes the most sense to me. I don't know. Yeah. Because um, we do case. know that people were doing rash things during the first Wizarding War, per Molly. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, takeaway from this section is really just that, like, I think we both are pretty convinced he's a Hufflepuff. Yeah, I right? think so. Yeah, I think so. Let us know what you think. Um, sorting is always kind of fun. So if you yeah. really disagree, then let us know. If you agree, then let us know. Yeah. And then mommy. Um, so in the, <laughs> in the where are they now section, we do know that he is currently Minister for Magic. Um <laughs> Because he still lists as current on R.I.P. Pottermore. Um, so that he's not still Actually, he is because that <coughs> article transferred over to Wizarding World. Yep. So we have no evidence. Is anything on Wizarding World canon? We treated Pottermore as canon, but Wizarding World is so Warner Brothers. I don't know. Well, writings by J.K. I've always considered canon. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but everything, I mean, there's no, like, information, I think, in anything that... I mean, J.K. technically signs off, I think. I don't know if she does anymore now that Warner Brothers has it. But, like, I think for Podmore, she signed off on everything for at least the beginning. I know. That's why my... That's my confusion, though. Yeah. If you want to hear really good discussions about canon, go check out... Hold My Butterbeer. Hold My Butterbeer podcast, yeah. Um... But anyways, we know that he became Minister for Magic after the war. He was appointed, and then he was, like, elected or whatever they do. Um, While Minister, he worked to capture the leftover Death Eaters and rid the Ministry of Corruption. It's also heavily implied that he rewrote Umbridge's legislation about werewolves. Mm Mm-hmm. In honor of his BFF, Ramus Lupin, Mm -hmm. which is, again, a very, like, not like oh that's such a Hufflepuff thing to do, but like just being like very open and accepting and like loving of all. It's people. also a Ravenclaw trait. Acceptance. Yeah, acceptance. Um, he recruited Harry, Ron, and Neville to be Aurors, and eventually appointed Harry as head of the department. And he did again another thing that made him just honestly iconic. He worked with Hermione to get rid of pro pure blood legislation. And he's a pure pure blood. blood. Yeah. What an ally. I know. I was also going to mention this. Um, Do we think that there is racism in the wizarding world? Because I know that like pure blood, like blood size is supposed to be kind of like an allegory like um, for like race relations. But, like, do you think there was actual, like, racism? I was thinking about that, too, because Oh, wait, before we have this conversation, I just want to be clear that we are both two white women. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too, because Kingsley, the Shacklebolts are a pure-blood family. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And, sorry, not pure-blood, a sacred 28. Did I say just pure-blood? Yeah. Um, We know that they're a sacred 28 family. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, like, that was, like, a super, like, kind of arbitrary thing um, because the Potter family, which had been one of the original pureblood families, was left off because their last name is the same as a muggle profession Mm -hmm. name. Um, So I would think that, like, I don't know. I would think that if there was, like, rampant racism, 
they would have left off a black family. Um, a black family. Not, <laughs> a not the black not family. The, um, so I, to me, I've always understood it as the the blood, um, pure blood, half blood, muggle born is the Wizarding World's version of racism. And yeah. like there probably are like microaggressions to other like with, with skin color race. Uh-huh. But that like that was less extreme because I mean, we know that the Wizarding World was ahead of the time on like women, um, women and right. stuff like that. Yeah. I know. I just thought I was, um, because I was, like, thinking about that when we were writing this, because, like, obviously he's very high up in the ministry. Like, he's very trusted by the ministers. Mm-hmm. He becomes minister. Like, it doesn't. Yeah. And it's never even, like, hinted or implied in any of the series, like, at least from what I've read. Again, like, I'm not a person of color, so maybe I just was ignorant to some things, but. Um, I think the issues with race in the series are a lack of diversity from yeah, JK's like writing. representation. Um, so I think we never really get the chance to know. You know, like I think it would be hard to read the series for for racism taking into consideration that we know that like JK did not write that many characters of color. Yeah, I mean that that's definitely true. Like there are characters of color, I mean like both the Patel twins, Cho Chang, right. um, but it's Angelina limited. Johnson. Yeah, no, it is limited, and they're very like they're not main characters, obviously. So also, um, I just pulled up the Ministers for Magic, Wizarding World, formerly pa- Pottermore, J.K. Rowling, original writing, and it doesn't say that Kingsley was the first, first black pack. minister. Um, it doesn't. I command F for like color or black or Mm -hmm. like anything i don't think it and i've read through this entire thing before i don't think it it says any Mm. it says who was the first person of color who was a minister yeah so like Um, to me that implies that like it wasn't a big deal that's what it implies but you also don't know if it's just that jk just Just wasn't even thinking about you know i don't know if it's an oversight or it's just like intentionally just was not not, like racism based on the color of your skin was not an issue yeah interesting i would be very interested to um learn more about that i don't think we ever will but yeah i don't think so either um okay are you a ravenclaw who likes to learn things or a hufflepuff who wants to know cool science facts to share with your friends maybe you're a gryffindor who wants to know whether your favorite superhero show is accurate spoiler alert the flash is not accurate or a slytherin who wants to learn about sneaky things like poisons and finding buried bodies but you know is too smart to do the googling yourself because you don't want to end up on the fbi's watch list are you concerned about the fact that your favorite harry potter characters go to a magic school that doesn't teach them practical skills like basic arithmetic or what an element is did you go to a magic school that didn't teach you practical skills like basic arithmetic or what an element is If any of the above applies to you, you should check out our podcast. That's Not How Science Works, hosted by myself and my truly awesome co-host, Nicole. In our podcast, Caitlin and I discuss the science in different pieces of media, such as movies or TV shows, and dissect whether it's good, bad, or just plain ridiculous. Often, we also have special guests who help us rant about bad science and their areas of expertise. We release new episodes every other Monday, and you can find us wherever you usually download your podcasts. We like to think of this as a podcast for the science curious. So whether you're a practicing scientist or a wizard who just graduated high school with no practical life skills, we'd love for you to listen in. You can also find out more by going to our website, thatsnotscience.com, or by looking us up on Twitter at TNHSWpod. We hope you give us a listen. Now back to your regularly scheduled Potterheads, Katie and Audrey. Okay, time for our pop quiz. So this episode's pop quiz is a little bit different. Um, It's going to be more of a pop conversation. (laughs) Um, So we're going to talk about who we think are like actual order members and then our favorite order member. So the pop quiz question is, who's our favorite? Yes. And we're talking about legit members of the order, like adult. Okay. So let's list 
Okay. <coughs> Dumbledore. Yeah. Basically, so wait, let's start off. Like, let's... Who was at the Battle of the Seven Potters? So, Moody, Hagrid, Lupin, Kingsley, Mundungus. Bill Fleur. Bill Fleur. Arthur. There's... And then, how like... How many is that? That's eight. Fred and George were members of the Order at that point. Fred George. Because they were legal. Yeah. I don't think Hermione and Ron were considered members. I don't think so either. Um, and then past that, Dumbledore, Snape, Tonks. Oh, we already said Tonks. Tonks. Diddle's Molly. Diggle. Do you, re- do you think Molly was really a member? Yeah. I think even if she wasn't, like, I don't, I don't think they had, like, a swearing in, but I think yeah. she has to. Like, she gave so much to that. Yeah. Um, um, was Charlie a member? I don't think they ever mentioned it. Okay. There are, like, um, some other, like, um, like just randos that were, like, in the background of the advance guard. Like, I think it was Diggle and, like, another woman, maybe. Yeah. Um, <coughs> and also, I think they come back in the, like, the seventh book. Yeah. Um, like, I think they're the ones that take the Dursleys away. Before yeah. So, yeah, there's, okay. like, three there, I think, that either, like, two or three that take the Dursleys. McGonagall. Um... So, I know we were talking about this before. Yeah. But I looked it up. And she is mentioned as attending meetings or a meeting at Grimmauld Place. So, I think she is a member of the Order. Yeah. She's not, like, actively doing the things that the Order does because she's at Hogwarts. Yeah. Um, But I think... Oh, Sirius. Sorry. Before I forget Sirius. Oh, yeah. Sirius. We forgot him because he... Doesn't last very long. Um... Okay. I think that's about... Like, I, I think, think we also exclude Fred and George from this yeah. favorites. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if Lee Jordan ever was, though. You know, because Potter mm-hmm. Watch? Yeah. Just associated, maybe. Yeah. I don't think it's, like, a clear-cut line. You know, like, it's not like a Death Eater. Like, you have the... Yeah, the Dark, dark Mark. Yeah, it's kind of like... Because, like, a lot, of, a lot of times they just mention, like, people working with the Order, like, working mm-hmm. for the Order. And, like, I don't know if that technically means they're, like, an Order member. Yeah. So. Okay, favorite. I mean, McGonagall's one of my favorite characters, but I'm not going to say she's my favorite member of the Order just because she's kind of, like, peripheral Order member. Yeah, like, I feel like she would also, like, if you're going to categorize her, it'd be, like, she's my favorite professor. You know, like, not my right. favorite order. You know what I mean? Right. I think I would have to go. Hmm. Don't say mine. Is yours Tonks? Yes. Duh. Yeah, that's fine. I love okay. Tonks, but, like, you love her more, so you can have that. Um, <laughs> She's a I think I would have to go Remus or, after this discussion, maybe Kingsley. Mm. I think... The work... Oh, Hagrid's also in the Order, kind mm-hmm. of. The work that Kingsley does for the Order makes him... Like, he's my... F- I think he might be one of my favorites, like, in the context context of what he does. You know, like, yeah. he's service to the Order. Yeah. I can see that. Um, I just think the whole, like, him still working for the Ministry and, like, him not having any clear and obvious tie... To why he's in the order, besides like Moody, yeah, um, I think it's really cool, and I wouldn't have said that before we had this conversation, but yeah, I definitely appreciate him way more as a character now. Like, I think he's always been kind of like a really cool, like, oh, Kingsley, like his just like name and like his like presence is such like a yeah. cool aspect to me. But like now, I just feel like I appreciate his character so much more after doing this yeah. research. Um, Tonks is my favorite order member. Um, She's a Hufflepuff. She's a badass lady. She's also just one of your favorite characters. Yeah, I mean, she's one of my favorite characters. I do, like, wish we had more about her. And, like, I don't don't know if this is, like, the best thing to say. But I wish that her storyline, like, post-order didn't revolve around Lupin. You know what I mean? Post-order. Post-order with Phoenix. Oh. oh, she dies in Deathly Hallows. <laughs> no, um, I thought you meant post-order, like, post-being Oh, no, no, order. post-order of the Phoenix. Like, I feel like every time we see her after that, it's in context of, like, oh, she's sad. Why is she sad? Like, and then we find out that she's so sad about Lupin. Yeah. And then after that, it's like, oh, they got married. And then after it's like, oh, they had Teddy. Like, I feel like and her storyline. And then, story like, they line, died together. Like, yeah. she's so tied to him. Yeah, like, post-order of the Phoenix, like, she's basically just becomes Lupin's, like, love interest. Mm. Um. 
which like isn't a bad thing. I know a lot of people like love their relationship. I don't. Spoiler alert. Um, don't love their relationship. I don't love Lupin. I don't dislike him, but I just he's not one of my favorites. I don't know. Like, I wish we just had more of, like, because Tonks in order is so good. Like, her changing yeah. her face at the dinner table. Like, her always tripping over, like, the umbrella holder. Just, oh, classic. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and now that I'm thinking about it, like, I like Lupin better than you do, I think. Yeah. But if he, like, I don't think he's my favorite order member because I don't, like, what I like about him is a lot from 3. Like, 3 is my second favorite book. Mm. And, like, he's not really, like, you know, like, that's pre the reformation of the Order. Yeah. So I think he's my favorite. He's definitely my favorite Marauder mm, is okay. how I would ca- characterize him. Yeah. Um. So I think that I think that makes it Kingsley for me. I don't know if I'm just biased because of this current conversation. But yeah. I don't know. Moody's pretty dope, too. But yeah, Moody the is. thing with Moody is we just it's see so, so much hard. of... of crouch as moody i know when i was doing the first mention um for kingsley like moody's like a very big part of that scene and this is when like lupin is introducing harry to all these people and he's like oh harry this is mad this is moody and harry's like this is my first time meeting moody even though we like spent a whole year with him besides like seeing him on the floor of the trunk yeah like i think that if this is this is like impossible but if somebody were to like read the Harry Potter series, but, like, not read Goblet of Fire and just, like, be introduced to Moody as Harry was introduced to real Moody, like, their relationship would seem really weird. Yeah. You know, like, how, like, how much Harry trusts him. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a weird thing to think about. Yeah. Okay, you can go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, We have episodes coming out every other Tuesday. So, yeah, stay tuned for those and make sure to rate and review. Yeah, this one is a little bit odd because it's technically like two and a half weeks, I think, since our last episode because we did a special Halloween one and we're both really busy with school. So we <laughs> decided to just take the extra week-ish. Yeah. So sorry about that. I'll probably post something on Instagram like either today or tomorrow as of recording this and being like, sorry. There's an episode coming. No episode on Tuesday, but next Tuesday. Um, no episodes on Tuesdays (laughs) no post on Sundays thank Um, you for getting what I was trying to (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as Wizard Studies Podcast and Twitter as Wizard Studies if you want to email us any pop quiz questions episode ideas just tell us how much you love us you can email us at wizardstudiespodcast at gmail.com cool as always oh wait sorry so I, um, there's another podcast I listen to and they have advertised this website Podchaser multiple times. And like, I finally like kind of went on and checked it out. It's like a really cool website. It's like all for podcasts. You can like rank podcasts. You can, um, review them on there. They're like lists. It's kind of just like a social media-esque forum, but just for podcasts. Um, so, if you want to check that out, highly recommend. If you're a really big podcast fan, it's really cool. They have, like, lists of different podcasts. So, like, you can Google, like, best true crime podcasts and, like, get a whole list. And either they're published by, like, oh, just on somebody who's on Podchaser. I know I put us on there. Oh. Um, or, like, Podchaser itself. So, yeah. Go check it out. Leave us a review on there. We would appreciate it. We have no reviews yet, so. I know, because I don't want to review my ourself. Like, I feel like that'd be <laughs> weird. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. First time hearing about this, but cool. <laughs> Surprised, yeah. <laughs> As always, thank you so much for listening. And remember, just do your best. We'll do the rest. And learn until our brains all rot. <laughs>